my name is William. And I'm Rosie Wander. And this is Good Morning Democracy. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to episode nine. Can you believe that we're actually back here for another week? Another one. Submerged neck deep in this Trump sense? I know, right? I mean, just as things were going well in my personal life, for those of y'all who don't know, I have a garden. Yes, I'm a garden man now. <laughs> I got a zucchini, yeah. buttercup squash. We just had one today. She was fantastic. So Can't sweet. believe that that massive thing came from a tiny seed. Um, and I also got cucumbers coming in. And when those come in... Bam, bam! Fuck your garden, man. We find Damn. out that Donald Trump Jr. has had one hand in the stroganoff and the other in Russian meat pie. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> but he took these meetings with the Russians that he did not disclose. And Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law, was also at these meetings. Fuck that and guy. he lied on official documents. So what's the big fucking secret, y'all? Could it be that Melania Trump is actually... A Russian spy robot? <laughs> Tell me it's false. Her real name is Sputnik. But at this point, should we really be surprised that Trump's base isn't alarmed at all by Please. this? I mean, they didn't care about the pussy grabbing None incident. at all. Or the time that he mocked a physically handicapped person. Or that he insulted John McCain, an American hero, for being a prisoner of war. Nah, so it comes as no surprise to me that they're okay with the fact that Donald Trump is dick riding on Putin. With no shame. He doesn't care who sees. Dick riding dick on Putin. Riding on Putin. Look, ma, no hands. Speaking of dick riding, I was sure that the hype around this Jay-Z album was just that. Oh my God, you're such a hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I'm just saying that that last album by Jay-Z was pretty good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're finally a Jay-Z fan. Because as that. long as I've known you, you've hated Jay-Z. <laughs> like, me and other people, we still bump ether. But you're the only person that I know who would sing those lyrics I with actual you hate talking in your about heart. Me, dog. No mustache having with whiskers like a rat compared to beans you whack. And your man stared on him, mate. You take the blame, you <laughs> like, ass. Like, relax, bro. <laughs> if Nas forgave him, then you should too. Queensbridge never forgets. But look, back then he was a Thai boho, and it's not my fault that Nas called him out on it. Now Jay's spitting the truth. And it's funny because back during that time, during that Nas and Jay-Z beef, like you had to pick sides. Either you was all Nas or you was all Jay-Z. And we all know that Nas killed Jay-Z. Anyone saying different is just riding Jay-Z. Okay, clearly we know that Nas won that battle. Thank but you. it didn't make me want to stop listening to Jay-Z altogether. And that's why you're a hater. I'm you not see? a hater, man. And the more that you deny it, the more that I feel it's true. Anyways, with this new 444 album, I had to wait a few days to hear it myself because I got Apple Music and not time. I know, shh, it's blasphemy to say out loud these days. I never admit that out loud, so why are you telling our secrets? <laughs> but I'm not a hater. I just realized that you can't trust Jay-Z fans 100%. I mean, his last album, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, was hot garbage. Whoa, don't disrespect Jay-Z like that. Okay, you're right, he's a little bit more elegant, hot garbage. <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that... To this day, Jay-Z fans will still argue about how it was a classic. And if you say it's classic, you're the people I'm talking about. You see, on that album, Jay was rapping about the same shit for the hundredth time. Rags are riches. We get it, Jay. You're rich. 
but it had no direction. But on this last album, Jay-Z did the damn thing. He's letting his guard down, talking about shit that needs to be said. Yeah, he's talking about shit that other rappers aren't talking about. Yeah, he's talking about generational wealth. He's talking about mental health and seeing a psychiatrist. He's talking about being faithful. And these things, they're taboo in the black community. What's your favorite lyric? You know, there's too many for me to name, really. I, I like every single song on the album, but for me... I'm not black cake. emoji. <laughs> What okay. the cake for me would be when he said uh, in his track called Smile, third verse, the actually the entire last verse is flame. But what he says, um, yeah, it's legal in Colorado. Yeah, we deny black entrepreneurs free enterprise. I think it's fully encompassing of the challenges that people of color in this country are facing. You know, for decades, um, presidents and attorney generals and states have criminalized people of color for low-level drug offenses. Yet now... People are getting rich off it. They're they're called entrepreneurs now, mm -hmm. you know, um, in places like California, Oregon, and Washington. It's just crazy. America yeah. is a crazy place. I would have to agree. And what I don't agree with is R. Kelly running a sex cult. <laughs> TP2.com, though. My brother got me that CD. Um, did you forget that he peed on kids, Will? Of course not. That's where I draw the line. Did you forget that he married Aaliyah when she was only 15? Uh, yeah, look at you. It looked like you forgot. <laughs> but he bought me that CD in 2001 and put it in a stocking, man. Okay, get your sentimental story out of the way so we can bury R. Kelly. And I knew when I looked at that stocking, it had to be TP2.com. I was asking for it all year. TP2, does that stand for toilet paper to clean up the piss off of the girls? <laughs> I he never... married Aaliyah when she was 15. He produced oh her first album, AJ, Nothing But a Number. Our Kelly has been up in here man. hiding in plain sight. And you over there doing the shuffle and listen to When a Woman's Fed Up. When a Woman's Fed Up. I don't want your band, no. It ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Come on, man. But for real, though, we cannot continue to support a man who preys on successful young black women, who records himself having sex with them. Like, we got people out here using their celebrity roles to do good, like Jay-Z and Colin Kaepernick. Who, by the way, by still the way. ain't got no job. Why? And why? For using his constitutional right of peaceful protest. So just like how we can't support R. Kelly, we can't support the NFL. We just can't. Now, I ain't saying to break any laws, but I heard most people stream the games for free anyway. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of Kaepernick, this week's Sunken Place Award goes to, <laughs> drumroll please, Michael, Michael Vick. Vick. That Uncle Tom. White supremacy conforming. The killer of man's best friend. He did do that. And he's also the best left-handed quarterback ever to come out of Virginia Tech. He said that Colin Kaepernick needs to cut his fro. To clean up his image to get his job back in the NFL? See, this is white supremacy Man, in action. Even Michael Vick was blind to it. He apologized for his comments, though. Well, you know what they say. If you knew better, Mike, you'd do better. <laughs> and why would he have to cut his hair so that white NFL owners and majority white NFL GMs would be pleased with his appearance to cater to the majority white NFL ticket holders? It's literally right there in front of you, but you can't see it, Mike. But I think that has a lot to do with our everyday mind state. Okay, 
So let's move on to some national political news, some okay. positive news. Here's one. Obamacare still has not been <laughs> repealed. Thank goodness. These guys can't get it together, man. And we would spend time talking about the Republican health plans, but they aren't health plans. Literally, no one likes their ideas. <laughs> They're simply tax cuts for the rich. Well, after it seemed imminent that the Republicans didn't have the votes again, this is what Donald Trump said. Agree that I've been saying for a long time, let Obamacare fail and then everybody's going to have to come together and fix it and uh, come up with a new plan and a plan that's really good for the people with much lower premiums, much lower costs and much better protection. I've been saying that, Mike, I think you'll agree for a long time. Let Obamacare fail. It'll be a lot easier. And I think we're probably in that position where we'll just let Obamacare fail. Uh, we're not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans are not going to own it. We'll let Obamacare fail, and then the Democrats are going to come to us, and they're going to say, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Or how do we come up with a new plan? He sounds so <laughs> stupid. I, I cringe every time he tries to elaborate on an issue. Let it fail. I thought you said you could find a better plan than Obamacare, right? Mm. Repeal and replace with something better. But Donald Trump hasn't delivered. And this is why. Obamacare is the best plan. Both sides debated. It's not perfect, but making it better means more insurance, not less. I thought we were in this together, Donald. But instead, you let Mitch McConnell, that, that bum, bum, hold closed-door discussions. You let him cut Democrats out. You let him try and ram this down the throats of the Senate. And you failed every single time i think what's even more sinister is that the idea that he said let it fail or to repeal obamacare now and replace later how is that even a plan it's crazy seeing all these obama haters mostly white folks fight for obamacare now but Trump says crazy shit all the time, and no one ever holds him accountable. So last week, we found out that John McCain is battling brain cancer, and Barack Obama tweeted this out. <clears throat> John McCain is an American hero and one of the bravest fighters I've ever known. Cancer doesn't know what it's up against. Give it hell, John. And Trump tweeted this. Melania and I send all thoughts and prayers to Senator McCain, Cindy and the entire family. Get well soon. Oh, Donnie, always so eloquent. That tweet has zero emotion. I didn't even think it was possible for Donald Trump to tweet with no emotion. He's more emotional <laughs> making up false claims about voter fraud. He gets more emotional about how large his crowd was at this inauguration. Remember when Donald Trump said this about prisoners of war and John McCain? To John McCain, a war hero, five and a half years as a POW, and you call him a dummy. Is that appropriate... In running for president. Okay, uh, let's, you gotta let me speak though, Frank, because you interrupt all the time, okay? So he insulted me, and he insulted everybody in that room. And I said, somebody should run against John McCain, who has been, you know, in my opinion, not so hot. And I supported him. I supported him for president. I raised a million dollars for him. It's a lot of money. I supported him. He lost. He let us down. But, you know, he lost. So I never liked him as much after that, because I don't like losers. <laughs> But, but Frank, he's Frank, let me get hero. to it. He's he hit me. Hero. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war Five hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. Do you he's agree with hero. that? He's a war hero because he was captured, okay? You can have, and I believe perhaps he's a war hero, but, but right now he said some very bad things about a lot of people. That just sounds dumb. You are so dumb. Like, for real. Who the hell raised you, you dummy? You dumb. 
But on so many levels, I just wish that politics could go back to how it was in 2008. I agree. Take a listen to John McCain from the 2008 presidential campaign trail. This is how I choose to remember John McCain. I are expecting our first child um, April 2nd next, uh, next year. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, frankly, we're, we're scared. Um, we're scared of an Obama presidency. I don't want to bring a child up in a country uh, where, well, I love this country. I'll, we'll bring our child up here no matter what. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm concerned about, um, you know, someone that, you know, cohorts with uh, domestic terrorists such as heirs and who he will choose for the Supreme Court should those openings become available. So could you address how would you go about selecting the next Supreme Court justices? First of all, I want to be president of the United States, and obviously I do not want Senator Obama to be. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you, he is a decent person and a person that you do not have to be scared as president of the United States. Now, I, I just, now I just, now, now look, I'd, I'd, if I didn't think I wouldn't be one heck of a lot better president, I wouldn't be running, okay? And that's the point. That's, that's the point. I got to ask you a question. I do not uh, believe in, I can't trust Obama. I, I, I have read about him, and he's not, he's not, he's a, um, he's an Arab. He is not, no? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. He's a, he's a, he's a decent family man, citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on, on fundamental issues, and that's what this campaign is all about. He's not. Thank you. Oh, John McCain. <laughs> what a good guy. What a reasonable guy. You know, I didn't have too many problems with him back in 2008. Of course, I didn't want him to be president of over Barack not. Obama. Of course not. But the only thing that really scared me was, what if we found out he had brain cancer back in 2008? That's true. And then Palin became Sarah president. Palin, I can see Russia from Alaska, Sarah. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, she's full of chump, son. Yeah, but they never made up claims about voter fraud after they lost to Barack Obama. Speaking of voter fraud, Donald Trump decided he would create a panel to investigate his unproven allegations of voter fraud. Yeah, nothing better to do. They're also taking a look into the flames that False. Trump would have won the popular vote Outrageous. had it not been for a legal votes cast. <laughs> he claims that 5 million votes were cast Five illegally, million. but he hasn't told us where he got those numbers from. So let's be clear. The president of the United States is not only spreading conspiracy theories, he's now spending your tax dollars to investigate it. So who is on this panel, you might ask? Well, Mike Pence is the chair, but the co-chair, Chris Kobach, the secretary of state from Kansas, is the one that we must worry about. But the sad thing is the entire panel is filled with people like him. So Chris Kobach is from Kansas, and we've spoken about Kansas before. Remember that guy who killed the engineer from India yelling, get out of my country? Or about the failed Republican plan to cut most taxes in Kansas that ended up in budget crisis? Yeah, that was all in Kansas. And we haven't even spoken about the Koch brothers in depth yet. But believe me when I tell you, Kansas is full of people who are ride or die for the Republican propaganda. And Chris Kobach knows this. He has climbed the ladder of politics in Kansas by doing one thing and one thing only, pushing voter suppression. We won't spend too much time on this guy because, quite frankly, he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But remember the Muslim registry? The post-9-11 system that made people register with the government that ended up targeting Muslim people? This guy was the main architect. <laughs> Go figure. 
Remember those anti-immigration bills that came up in Arizona and Alabama recently? The show me your papers law? Well, can you guess who helped write those laws? This guy. When he met with Donald Trump during a transition of office, he brought a few ideas with him and shared them with Donald Trump. Those included bringing back the Muslim registry and the creation of voter rolls. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. This man's entire aim and intent is to purge voter rolls and suppress the voters of the Democratic Party. When we say suppress the vote, this is one way he did that. In Kansas, they passed a law where you had to prove citizenship by January of 2016. 34,000 voters were suspended from voting. Oof. And 12,000 or so were purged altogether for not providing this paperwork. Now you might say, well, that's not a problem. Just submit the paperwork. Sure. But who does this action target? Young people were shown to be one-third less likely to have such documents to submit. And older and working poor who cannot take time off to submit this to an office were also affected mm -mm -mm. because they can't afford to lose their hourly wage. Now, if you're not scared yet, you should be. This panel just asked all the states to hand over their voter rolls, names, addresses, date of birth, the last four years, social security number, <sighs> your voter affiliation party, and this data will not be used for good. The Republicans are playing the American people. Voter fraud is not <laughs> rampant. Just not. It's fake. It's made up. There's no data to suggest this. You wear a seatbelt because it's proven by data to save your life. You have data to prove that. That's why there's scientists in the world. It's like saying sugar cures cancer. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, there's no proof to say otherwise. But let's spend money fake researching it. There is something more sinister at play here, y'all. Entertain us for a few seconds. Republicans are in the business of suppressing votes. We know this. They are instead using this voter fraud as a scheme to drum up fear. When you fear, you let some things go. For sake of security. So in turn, you allow the feds to pull all voter records. They will not find the rampant abuses like they say. But what will they do with all that data that they have? They will use it to their own ends to further and find ways to suppress voters or district lines. But what if that information gets hacked or leaks? Your personal information is out there for all to see. You think that sounds outlandish? No. Nah. In June, it was revealed that a conservative think tank accidentally left the voter records of 193 million Americans on a misconfigured server, an Amazon server. It was meant to be secure, but a simple database configuration error caused it to be public. A treasure trove of data was open for anyone who found it to see. But what if all 50 states gave your personal information to the government? That's one hack. That's one misconfiguration. There is simply no upside to this panel. None. Simply put, we cannot support this. Do you know what foreign-born people come to America for? Jobs, stability, insecurity, <laughs> not to cast a vote. Yeah, exactly. And using this as a pivot, I wanted to change the topic to discuss an often overlooked country, Haiti. In 2010, an earthquake rocked the country and destroyed much of its capital city, killing more than 300,000 people. Since then, outbreaks of cholera have persisted. They have endured through a drought since 2013, which has affected food production, forcing many to starve. Most live on less than $2 a day. And in the wake of the earthquake, many Haitians fled to America, either by overstaying visas or by taking a more treacherous route, by sea. President Obama then halted deportations of Haitians. 
and offered them temporary protection status TPS. following the migration after the earthquake. TPS allowed those with this status to work and in most cases send money back to Haiti. So tell me, how many Haitians are in America with TPS today? Well, there are about 50,000 Haitians in America with TPS. Yet Trump has said that they're only being allowed to extend their TPS for six more months. At which point they would go back to Haiti or remain in America with undocumented status facing the threat of deportation. Mm, mm, mm. So right around the New Year's in 2018, while most of y'all are still posting New Year, New Me selfies. New Year, New Me, baby. Thousands of Haitians will face this revocation of their status. So we send back 50,000 Haitians who want work and stability, to pay taxes, and to live in peace. We send them back to Haiti, where the outlook is bleak at best. And what happens to them? Yeah, what, what does happen to the future of Haiti? If there are no jobs. There's an extreme income inequality. People have no upward mobility. America and its political elites have a list of countries that matter. And it's clear for all to see that Haiti doesn't matter. You know, a little background on Haiti. The people of Haiti gained independence from France through revolt. A slave revolt, remember? Mm. This was in the 1800s. White Southerners feared the spread of revolt stemming from Haitian Revolution. America, who was run by known white supremacists, did not officially recognize Haiti as a state until 1862. Mm, mm, mm. We sent military ships to Haiti to protect American interests until we invaded and occupied Haiti from 1915 <laughs> to 1934. You telling me we we occupied Haiti? Mm -hmm. Then we went through decades of supporting dictators repressive to the people of Haiti. Of course we did. Then, removing dictators and later suspending financial aid to the country. Of course we did. America has helped cause the problem in Haiti. Of course. And we did. should now take responsibility, but that doesn't sound much like America does it. <laughs> America hasn't cared about Haiti ever, and Trump is showing that America will continue the trend of white nativism. Don't even get me started on the Dominican <laughs> Republic and their treatment of Haitian immigrants. Oh man, call it Dominican Haitian, that's a fight. I fear Haiti is becoming a forgotten place, a place of rich history, of independence from colonial slavery, Truth. reduced to rubbles with no way to recover. When did America become a place that sends people away? A nation full of Christians who should believe in helping all has transformed into a mockery of itself. Mm, mm. Or maybe that's what we've been the entire time. Maybe it was simply the idea of American exceptionalism force-fed to us in public schools. Maybe it was all a lie. Maybe. Maybe the whitewashed history books lining the shelves at Robert E. Lee Elementary School were teaching alternative history the entire time. Oof. Maybe the revocation of temporary protection status for Haitian migrants is the extension of white supremacy Ooh. that has defined the American-Haitian political relationship Ooh. since the 1800s. Ooh, I think you're onto something there. So let's shift to another country most Americans might not know too much about. This time in Latin America, and that country is Venezuela. Now, the country of Venezuela is being rocked by protests and inept government. For three months, protests, three months, y'all, protesters have taken to the streets in the capital city of Caracas to protest President Nicolas Maduro, who is not a president, but a dictator. These fights between citizens and police are violent, with over 90 people killed over the last three months. Maduro has jailed his political opponents and journalists, and his regime over the years have become more and more repressive. Hmm. Sounds familiar. 
Just a few weeks ago, a protester stole a helicopter. <laughs> Yo, what is it, Grand Theft Auto for helicopters? <laughs> he got five stars right now. <laughs> and he was dropping grenades out of this stolen helicopter onto the Venezuelan Supreme Court building. And then he later killed somebody. Okay, well, this is, this is it started off funny. <laughs> but why are they protesting? The people are protesting the economic conditions of the 99%. Venezuela, like many countries in the world, has an extreme wealth gap. Most of the elites are politicians and oil barons and control the country's wealth. There are food shortages, lack of jobs, and a lack of medical care. The food shortage is so bad that President Maduro recently signed a decree forcing citizens to provide labor to farms. Wait. So this guy signed a slavery law? <laughs> Pretty much. Now, a few facts about um, Venezuela. They have some of the largest oil reserves anywhere in the world. So before they found the oil in the 1920s or so, this country is mostly agricultural. They didn't have the mass industry that you see there today. Now, Caracas is the capital city where most of the protests are erupting. It has consistently had the highest murder rate of any city in the world. The people, however, have had enough and a rebellion is brewing. For many young people in Venezuela, resistance is their only hope. Either they die of not eating, either they die of getting mugged by another person just as desperate as they are, or they die of medical conditions because of the lack of medical care and medicine. It seems like the world is spinning into chaos right now. Mm -hmm. We have global anti-immigration movements. We have extreme wealth gaps, hardening civil wars and regional disputes, and these problems have been brewing for decades. When did Venezuela start to have problems? Now, the economic problems of Venezuela go back centuries, but remember that Venezuela was a colony until the 1800s or so. First from Spanish, then to French, they had to fight for their freedom. Have you ever heard of Simon Bolivar? Who that? He is a Latin American hero, a true visionary. Now, a few facts about Bolivar. He was Venezuelan, and he helped oust the Spanish from present-day Peru, Ecuador, and Bolivia, which is named after him. He fled to Haiti following a defeat in Cartagena, Colombia. First, he went to Jamaica, but they refused to help. But he found refuge in Haiti. And this is how our two stories are combined. He was befriended by the first Haitian president, Alexandre Pechon, who supported his revolution. The country was only 11 years old at the time, and with limited funds, still gave 4,000 rifles, food, and even a printing press. Haitian citizens even volunteered for his army. Haiti didn't ask for payment back, but rather only asked for Bolivar to keep his promise to drive colonial powers out and end slavery. It's a little known fact that Haiti helped Latin American countries gain independence mm. and was a paramount force in driving slavery from Central and South America. We celebrate Simon Bolivar, but not Haiti. Soon after the liberation, though, the area could not unite under the single country Bolivar envisioned. Rather, regional differences caused infighting and rebellion. He is quoted to have said, Fellow citizens, I blush to say this. Independence is the only benefit we have acquired to the detriment of all the rest. At the end of his life, though, Simon Bolivar was not as optimistic about the future of the areas he fought to liberate, saying on his deathbed that, quote, Those who served the revolution have plowed the sea. Run a plow through the sea and it disappears. Mm -hmm. I see. It's one of the greatest quotes of all time. So I see. Yeah, so Simone Bolivar knew the troubles ahead, and he was correct. This area from Nicaragua to Brazil has seen massive civil wars, extreme poverty, 
and severe instability since the end of colonial rule. I like how Haiti and Venezuela are connected. We're all connected, though. That's the thing. Shout out to my line sister in Haiti saving the world. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. You know what pains me? When Latin American countries deny their colonial roots mm-hmm. and their ties to Africa and their history of slavery. It was a snap when you like something. It pains me even more to know that America has had its hand in much of the instability that we see in the world. What does the future hold for Venezuela? No, that's really hard to tell right now. But one thing is for certain. The citizens are ready to die for their beliefs. They have nothing else. And quite frankly, revolution is almost certain. And to close out this week, we take it back to Tampa, Florida. Ooh, Tampa, Florida. Where we spend a few formative years and... A place that is still near and dear to our hearts. Sure, whatever. (laughs) Tampa St. Pete is located in Florida, which is a crazy state with people who still think the Civil War is going on. (laughs) (laughs) So I heard that joke from a white AC repairman one time. And this is another joke he told me. My best friend is so redneck, his daddy named his sister Dixie. (laughs) What? That's not even funny. It's not funny, but I laughed like it was the funniest shit I ever heard because I was really afraid I might have to slap him over the next one. (laughs) So there's this movement in America to remove Confederate statues and names from public places and public schools, even changing the names of streets that were once named after Confederate soldiers. From South Carolina to New Orleans to even Orlando, Florida's Lake Eola, statues have been removed. Mm -hmm. In South Carolina, major protests forced then-Governor Nikki Haley to sign an order to remove the Confederate flag from flying on Capitol grounds. This was the same state, remember, where Dylan Roof killed all those black churchgoers? They were flying a fucking Confederate flag at the capital of an American state. Next to the American flag, like, it means the same thing. But it doesn't. It doesn't. That's why they had their own flag. And in Orlando, they didn't even tell anybody. They came in the dead of night and placed the statue within a historical society. And in New Orleans, they had to provide the people tasked with taking the statues down with masks to cover their faces. They covered up the decals on the side of the vans. They had snipers covering them so they could remove the statues because death threats were sent in from angry Confederates. Wait, is that, that story even real? That's a real story. Listen, threats from angry white Americans are to be taken very seriously. So this brings us to Tampa, Florida, where Confederate monuments are literally everywhere. Even having a statue of a Confederate general prominently stationed outside of a county courthouse in downtown Tampa. So y'all want me to believe that these motherfuckers see us (laughs) equal under the law with stonewall fuckface cast in bronze outside? Hell no. So at one point when we lived in Tampa, we lived in Riverside Heights. It's in central Tampa. The area is being gentrified heavily. Most of the residents there were either black or Latino. So uh, one day, while driving Columbus Drive, yeah, that Columbus. That Columbus. I happened upon a magnificently old school building. And as I drove past it, I saw that it was named Robert E. Lee Elementary School. (laughs) What the fuck? It baffles me how a school that's 57% African-American could be named after a black-hating, slavery-loving Confederate general who opposed even the slightest idea of educating black children. Mm. Not to mention that it's placed 
on a street named after Christopher Columbus. The sad irony. He raped and killed and pillaged his way through the Americas. It's <sighs> almost like a sick joke. It has to be. To give even more background on the race relations in Tampa, the Tampa Bay Times ran an article proving that the city of Tampa police target communities of color for revenue, mostly using hardly enforced laws about bicycle riding to ticket and fine black residents. Now, over a three-year period, Tampa police ticketed more bicyclists than the three largest cities in Florida combined. And eight out of 10 of those tickets were written to black folk. For those of y'all good with fractions, that's four out of every five tickets mm, were mm. given to black folks. Tampa police targeted poor communities of color and a federal investigation into those tactics concluded that Tampa PD's actions did not improve crime numbers. It didn't produce safer bicyclists. It didn't stop bike thefts. It simply burdened black folk. When it's not bikes, it's giving people of color car tickets like Philando Castile. The police chief and the mayor, of course, saw no problem with their tactics. So now drive across the Bay Bridge to St. Petersburg, another nice little city with decent beaches and an abundance of racism. <laughs> Take a listen to this guy who's running to be the mayor of St. Pete. Mr. Neville, you and your people, you talk about reparations. The reparations that you talk about, Mr. Neville, your people already got your reparations. <laughs> Your reparations, your reparations came in the form of a man named Barack Obama. Please hold your response. My advice to you, my advice to you, if you don't like it here in America, planes leave every hour from Tampa Airport, go back to Africa. Go back to Africa. Go back. That rant was in response to another mayor candidate, Jesse Neville, a white guy who's championing the cause of the black community. His supporters from the Uhuru movement believed that social injustice could be healed through reparations. One of Jesse Neville's campaign slogans is unity through reparations. So thank you for that one, Florida. You never cease to amaze me with the batshit crazy stuff that happens there. That's all for this week, but catch us Thursday for our new episode. And thanks again for all your support. An intent is to purge road rules. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Rotor rolls. <laughs> <laughs>